everybody i know i haven't been here in so long i'm so sorry but welcome back to jd radio it is a new episode and it is going to get kind of heavy we're going to talk about squid game and also this controversy between dave Chappelle and the transgender community but i also have a friend of mine who is transgender who hops on a phone call with me for this episode uh, her name is comedian Pink Fox, and she's very funny as a comedian, and also uh, very, you know, well spoken, well understood, well read, understand. I mean, she she lives it. She lives a life uh, because she is trans, and uh, she will give you her perspective on everything going on. With that being said, I hope you all enjoy these episodes. I hope you are dropping those uh, those likes on the YouTube video, checking it out on YouTube, also favoriting, uh, rating, reviewing, uh, dropping those. Uh, what are those called? Uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts. Those always help out. But with that being said, enjoy this episode. And uh, we might also have this live uh, video on Spotify. Spotify is now opening up people to having videos on there. I don't know why this intro is so long. Enjoy the audio and have a great day. Peace. Yo, what's up? It, it's It's been it's been motherfucking forever i'm not a great podcaster i'm not consistent i also have a life but still no excuses welcome back to a new episode of jd radio how are you how are you doing i'm sure you're okay maybe i don't know you might be bad i might not be well who knows um welcome to the world that is where we are now uh mental health check-in let's start it off top Nice. I've been feeling better. Uh, I've been more consistent with my mental health. Uh, I've been talking to my therapist a lot. I've actually been doing family therapy, which has been uh, kind of weird, but been doing it. And, um, you know, at least I think some progress has been made on both fronts. Personally, for me, though, uh, you know, just uh, working on myself, working on anxiety, working on depression and this, that and the third. Been better, been a lot better, been a lot uh, more I guess, aware of things that trigger it and um, just not feeling great, you know, and getting ahead of it and not trying to subside it. Like I've, I've worked on trying to be comfortable in those feelings, but I also work on uh, using certain tactics, I guess, to uh, just not let, my, let myself spiral. That's That's what I've been working on. So Things have been better. Things have been good for me. I hope things are well for you. I think this might be a short episode. I think I might do shorter episodes just so I can get content out to you uh, because I, I am just – I'm overwhelmed with with work. Uh, for those, th- those of you who have already said it, thank you. Your boy's in that DirecTV commercial. That's right. That's me. Hey, look at – wait, where's my glasses? Ah, here we go. I'm going to act it out for you. I'm going to act it out for you live. Here we go. Three, two, one, and – uh, which way do I look? That way? This way. Hey, got DirecTV stream. Now we can watch live TV and our favorite shows on demand. Look, Serena, scary movie. Serena, scary movie. And the star was born. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I auditioned. I act. I booked a commercial. It's it's cool. It's super cool. DirecTV, y'all need to make me a spokesperson. I mean, the way that they were in my... um. 
in my uh, comment sections of my platforms. Maybe they just like sat back. Well, I worked with AT&T recently and they own DirecTV. So maybe someone there knows me. But they went off. They were just like, "Oh yeah, JD's JD's the the business." Oh, look at him go! Like they were they were replying to every positive or just every comment that was on my uh, social media pages on like Instagram, uh, specifically Twitter and Instagram. I remember that being a thing. And every time I left a comment and I was like, "Oh, I know that guy," they'd be like, "Oh, we do too." Yes, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, supportive brand. Um. I might not be Serena Williams, but I mean, if y'all ever need a person who can uh, sell some product, I got you. Uh, but yeah, that was a great experience. I'm glad everybody's been able to see it. I think it's got about maybe like maybe eight more days, maybe nine more days of being popular. Because uh, um, last time I checked, uh, I think there's three different commercial spots for Serena Williams. So I think there's a third one coming out next month, and then they'll probably... Cut mine, and then hopefully they bring it back or bring all three of them back after. Because I mean, they're promoting this Directv stream. I would hope that that's what's going to happen, but who knows? Could happen? Could not happen? I'm not sure. All right, let's get into it. This week, uh, I was going to discuss both uh, the the virality of uh, Squid Game. and the controversy of uh, Dave Chappelle versus. I think just Dave Chappelle is an old man who doesn't understand the trans community. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to speak on it from a perspective of acting like I know everything. I did ask a few friends just out of curiosity how they felt about certain things. And I would actually, actually, let me actually see if I could do that real quick. I have like one, I think I have like, well, off the top of my head, I have like one trans friend. Uh, who's a stand-up comedian, and she's really funny. But I'm curious to know what she thinks about the whole Dave Chappelle thing. Um, but then again, I don't know. She might be a comedian who's just like, oh, man, it's jokes. I mean, you should be able to, you know, I don't know. Who knows? All right. All right. That's it. That's it. I sent the message. I just said, yo, was curious if just cu- was curious how you feel about the whole Chappelle special thing. Just genuinely curious to get a perspective that would probably understand it on a more personal level. Uh, hopefully that's not offensive. Hopefully I don't get canceled by my homie. My, excuse me, my homegirl. Uh, I mean, I say homie for both boys and girls. Sorry. Homet. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. So let, let's start with, let's start with squid game. Let's, let's keep it in the realm of, of, Let's just keep it there for a second. Squid Game! Man, what a great show. Um, I watched that show maybe three... I watched it maybe three weeks, maybe... Yeah, probably three weeks ago. It was about maybe a week and a half before it really started going viral. And I watched it in its entirety. I sat back, I binge-watched it, and I thought it was amazing. And it is one of those uh, things where, you know, I got respect for it because I don't mind reading subtitles. That's super fine for me. I, I thought anyone who watched it dub, go back and watch it. Even though I know some of the translations aren't 100% correct, even in the subtitles, but it's better. Watch it the way it was meant to be watched. Don't do that lazy American thing. Oh, I can't. I can't read and watch a movie at the same time. It's too distracting. Oh, I like to watch. I like to cook while I watch my shows. <laughs> no, you're lazy. All right. You're a lazy American and I'm calling you out. You uncultured swine. Um, 
<laughs> but nah, for real, man. I mean, it was a really good show. And it deserves all its credit. It was similar to um uh Oh man, what's the movie that won all the awards? Uh my goodness. Um Parasite, Parasite, Parasite. It was uh similar well, not similar to Parasite. But it was just one of those movies where um, the director, uh, Song Kang, I believe, I might be saying, no, that's the wrong name. Sorry, that's not the, I don't know who the director is. My apologies. But I believe the director is the one um, who said during the, during the uh, 2019 Oscars that if if people can just get over the little subtitle bar in cinema, then they'll open their they'll open their eyes to a whole new world of uh, of filmmaking. And his name is uh, Bong Joon Ho. Uh, yeah, South Korean film director. And I don't th- who who's the who created Parasite? Hold on. Uh, excuse me. Uh, I mean, who created Squid Game? Creator of Squid Game. Uh, okay, that's Huang Dong Hyuk. Uh, created on the season two show deep. So, you know, let's just talk about it. I thought it was such a crazy show because I didn't know what to expect. And everybody was just like, you got to watch Squid Game. Have you seen Squid Game? What the heck? I'm not going to lie. It was a bit of a traumatizing show. Like, just watching... Um, you know, the main protagonists go through also, also spoilers. If you haven't watched it yet, I, I don't what's going on. Come on, catch up. Um, but watching the main protagonists go through the troubles that I think is very realistic in, you know, all all uh different uh areas in the world, but I guess it's very prevalent in South Korea, this whole poverty thing and all, you know, owing debts like to the level that these people owe it. Um, but I genuinely, man, I was feeling for this dude. I was like, golly, he can't, well, I mean, he did make some, did he make poor decisions or was he just desperate? I think he might've been desperate. I don't think it was that he made poor decisions as much as, well, he did make a few poor decisions. Like he would get money and then he would go to the racetrack cause he would want to triple or double the money. I, uh, but maybe that's just how it was. And he didn't have enough money to get a lawyer, to fight for custody for his daughter who was going to America. And then he puts himself in this game that just doesn't make any sense. And when you get eliminated, you die. And after going through what was a gruesome game of red light, green light, you know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't know the, uh, I don't know South Korean uh, or Korean in general. Um, But you know, at that point, I'm thinking, yo, bro, get back to your life and try to turn things around. All that money's, I mean, it will make a difference, but all that money's not going, it's not worth your life. It's not worth your life. I watched a video actually about that recently. I think it was um, Film Theory with Matt Pat. Uh, shout out to Matt Pat. We did a Disney show together. But uh, he, he mentioned how at a certain point in the show, the amount of the amount of uh, danger is not worth the the amount of money that I guess would be left over at that point. Like when you're in the final three, you got enough money. 
even though Squid Game seems like it's definitely a game where it's like you can only have one winner. But the risk versus reward is not worth it because let's say I think it was like forty-five billion, uh, whatever, whatever the I don't know, I don't know how to explain the the money. I think it would, I think it equated to thirty-eight million dollars is what I looked online, and at a certain point, it was like okay, everybody earned about thirty million, so you know I don't need that eight. I can get out of here. Let me let me go. 30 mil, I'm good. I'm like, I don't need to do the the trapeze tempered glass. I don't need to do the or the tempered glass walkway. I don't need to do the uh, the official squid game. I don't need to, to to trick this old man into marbles. I don't need any of that. Get me out of here. <laughs> uh but it was it was really well done. And I just think like the the story was so just unique. Even though it was very, like, you know, fictional, kind of unbelievable, but at the same time, it just felt so new and raw and different that a part of me was like, yeah, this is fire. This is good cinema. I think it's just that, like, being from America, I'm just, like, jaded off of us just recycling ideas all the time and taking stuff from like the 1930s and then repurposing it to be good films not to say we don't have good cinema at all i mean we've made some great strides i mean like i love like i don't know inception looper uh i don't know why i'm naming movies that are all like christian bale-esque but uh you know there, there are some great american films but it's just now i'm realizing that i've been missing out on so many other films in other countries because the language gap, the language barrier. I wish I knew more languages. I want to learn more languages. That's actually something I started taking up. I started um, watching uh, polyglots on YouTube here. There's a lot of them who are really interesting. They know like seven languages off top verbatim, and they'll have conversations with people uh, and surprise them. Like I've seen these like r funny uh, black kids who will, who will know fluent Mandarin. Uh, then I've seen like a white guy who knows like – he knows Spanish, he knows Italian, he knows French, he knows all this stuff. Very cool, very cool content. I wish I could make something that cool for y'all, but I just talk into a microphone about how I'm feeling and things going on that I care about. And uh, yeah, and then, you know, you, um, you know, some of you rightfully unsubscribe. I don't blame you. I don't blame you if you are an OG <laughs> viewer <laughs> of this channel and you're like, these aren't skits. This isn't comedy. Where's Miles and Freestyles? Nah. I would love to do those things. I just don't anymore. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I'll be honest. This is something I noticed. Um, as you get older, you start losing that motivation. Like, that passion, that drive. Like, I'm still excited about life. I'm very happy for where I am and all the things that I've achieved. But I think, like, certain goals I had from, like, 10 years ago, I just kind of, not to say I'm over them, but I'm kind of at the place where I'm like, oh, if it doesn't happen, it's it's okay. You know, if I don't, if I don't get on that TV show, it's all right. If I, if I never get to work with this person, that's fine. If I never, if I never earn this award, that's all right. And not to say I'm giving up, but just kind of like, I think it's just like, it's, I'm I'm okay with being okay. 
Because in my brain, I'm just like, you never know what could happen. So instead of focusing so much energy on trying to achieve this crazy goal or this crazy objective, why not? Let's just enjoy the journey. That's what it is. That's not really me giving up. That's more of me coming to terms with it, it might, it may, or may not happen. Unless you want to manifest and you will it into your being. And it's like, you don't have enough guts, oh, kid. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about right now. I'm just off the top of my head rambling and i'm just being honest you know you get you get to your 30s your 40s your 50s and you're like oh time 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 is an illusion and it's not but time is the one thing we can't control i mean there's a lot of things we can't control but time is one of those major factors and you sit back one day and you're like oh well maybe i won't not these are these aren't me. I'm just saying things out loud. I don't want y'all to take it, you know. I was gonna say, well, maybe I I was gonna say maybe I don't won't I won't get married. Maybe I won't have kids. Maybe I won't ever get that job. But you know what though? That's kind of giving up though. That's kinda well, no, not in those two scenarios. If you don't want to get married, that's cool. If you don't want to have children, that's fine. But that's kind of like letting that's kind of like letting reality win i don't know what's happening anymore some of y'all might be like jd that is not how you're supposed to think you're supposed to be wanting it and getting it and doing all the things <laughs> i don't know why i think my my uh my commenters are just sassy uh black aunties i don't know um but yeah squid game all in all 10 out of 10 i love that show i thought it was so good i didn't watch it a second time it was kind of nerve-wracking it made me a little uncomfortable enough to to a point where i was like yeah i don't think i'm gonna watch this a second time i'll watch like clips maybe but like i kind of remember the show verbatim to the point where i'm like i would only watch it if like my wife wife i don't know why i said it like that only if my wife wanted to watch it with me then i'd be like yo you want to watch this because i don't think she's seen it and then go from there but again Really well done. Really well written. 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 Whitney Whitney Houston. I auditioned for a Whitney Houston movie actually recently. I did not book the role. I don't book a lot of roles. It's kind of funny. I think y'all probably think, oh man, JD's out here cooking and booking. I go through like 30 and I'm lucky if I get one. <laughs> like I get a lot of auditions. Ah, crap. I just remembered I have an audition due Monday, but I wanted to submit it tomorrow. Maybe I'll come record it tomorrow morning because I don't want to be here all night. Uh, voiceover audition for, for Disney. Am I allowed to say that? It's too late. I said it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't book as often. I might in the future. I got to. This is why you got to be up to optimistic, J.D., you're over here talking about, uh, I'm, 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 <laughs> you talk over here talking about, hey, whatever happens, man, whatever happens, man, fuck that, but we got to get this different, different, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm <just kidding. laughs> yo, I'm a weirdo, man, I'm a weird one, all right, so again, Squid Game, very good, very well put together, I'm a fan, um, on another note, Hold on, I'm sending a message, and this is just very disrespectful. I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I'll edit this out. We will see. Sorry if you're watching this. I'm so sorry. If you're listening to this, I'm even sorrier. Um, all right. Uh, okay, I just sent a message because I sent my friend a message 
about the Dave Chappelle thing, and they said, "Call me, otherwise I'm otherwise I'm just writing an essay." And I said, "Okay, lol, lol, uh, okay, lol." Uh, I'm recording my podcast right now. Uh, would you want to talk about it over the phone or keep it private? Not trying to use you for content. Just thought it's better to have someone who understands speak on it compared to just myself uh, and my random, probably wrong opinion. Or no, let's not say wrong because I'm pretty. I'm a pretty nice guy. I'm open. I'm open minded. Okay. So let me do my quickie just thoughts on this Dave Chappelle debacle. I watched his special. Oh, yeah, Squid Game. Great. 10 out of 10. Go watch it. I watched Dave Chappelle's special. And as a comedian, I personally think that you're allowed, you should be, allowed to joke about anything and everything. But it's just weird how Dave Chappelle is, like, continuing this dialogue against or about the trans com- I don't think it's against personally but le- and uh, let me let me preface this entire dialogue with I don't mean any disrespect to the trans community to trans viewers to anybody who here anyone here who's trans uh or gay lesbian bi uh any anything uh non-binary uh asexual all the all all of them i don't mean any disrespect at all this is me just thinking from the perspective of why i think chappelle does it and and that's really it i don't really have a thought process on why on you know trans people being uh, or transgender people being upset i am aware i would say it would be the same reason that other marginalized groups are upset because of what someone with a lot of like you know star power could i guess put into the minds of like a a casual person who thinks oh yeah they're just tripping it's not that big a deal blah 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 freedom of speech but you know this that and the third I, i do think there's consequences to that like i don't i don't i think it's also a conversation of if everybody you know watched his special and watched it for the context but let me not get into that yet just prefacing no no disrespect here um so i watched it i watched it with a few friends actually uh and you know were there jokes you know let's just say let's just say all around jokes that made me laugh sure were there offensive jokes in there that uh, you know, as a comedian, I kind of found funny. I was like, yeah. There was also a lot of cringe, though, because this is like Dave Chappelle's, and no disrespect to Chappelle, you know, I, I one of my one of my favorites. <laughs> but he's at that point in his career where I feel like he's so disconnected from what's really going on. And I think a lot of his perspective on this whole topic comes from him doing his uh, first big special back on Netflix. I think that was the one. Uh, Yeah. 
I don't know. It was one of the specials. I think it was one, the first one back on Netflix where he talked about the community, but he talked about it from a place of ignorance and then got a lot of backlash. And right now it feels like his stand-up is in this weird space where he's trying to prove a point about something. And, you know, I say that as a, a stand-up comedian myself. Like, I think everybody looks at stand-up comedians and they're like, oh, just be funny forever. But, you know, stand-up comics kind of pull back the curtain. And at a certain point, like, when you start, like, I started, like, 10 years ago. I was doing really stupid, cringy jokes about, like, oh, man, what if I was a black vegan? Or, you know, oh, man, have you ever seen Drake dance like this? Ah, damn. I was doing stupid impressions and shit. And not to say they were bad, but it's like you it's kind of like playing like it's like kind of like grade school. It's like, oh, you go to kindergarten with your with your material. Then you get to middle school. Then you get to high school. Then you get to college. And then you maybe get a degree if you're good enough. I don't know. And it's all kind of, you know, subjective and introspective where comedians, as they get older, you know, the most the more honest you can be as a comic the better, but you want to be honest with yourself about conversations, about things that you're actually going on and having happen in life. I, you know, I say this as a person who like, you know, my dad died. I've talked about it on stage. Like I've made, I've cracked jokes, not like at his expense or at my expense, but just like, just like in the mindset of like, yeah, man, it, like just kind of like, it's a, it's a mind fuck. I don't know how to talk about this. And it trips me out and it also makes me like depressed and insecure. And I maybe find something funny in that. I don't make fun of my dad passing away, but I talk about it. You know, those are taboo topics. People in the crowd don't get excited. I don't know. I think as, as stand-up comedians I or just comics, I feel like you should be allowed to make light of any situation. But... Dave is like three stand-up specials in talking about this stuff. And he's also talking about it from what feels like a narrow viewpoint. Because if you've seen the special, you know, he talks about his friend who was a comedian who uh, was trans. And she laughed at all his material. And she said, no, I want you to treat me the same as any comic. Don't go soft on me. Sorry, I'm getting off topic. The, the whole conversation with him and his friend um, who was a comedian who took her life because uh, I think she was being cyberbullied for def defending him after one of his specials. And I, I guess it's one of those situations where, for me, it feels like he's getting all of his information or all of the, um, you know, like, like uh, outlook on the trans community from one person. The same way that, like, when you have conversations with black people or if, like, a white dude's like, I could say the N-word, I got black friends. It's like, nah, 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 nah. You're letting this one black friend who's giving you a cosign, which he should not or she should not because it's freaking dumb or they should not, um, speak on behalf of all of us. And I think that's the mindset of – or that's where I think Dave Chappelle is disconnected. And also it's just kind of weird and odd that he talks about trans people as if they're all white and, like, none of them are black. I'm like, you know there's black trans people too, right, Dave? Not to say that that should make a difference, but you would – think it makes a difference he almost treats it like oh trans people are just gay people who don't know what they want to do and i'm like okay that's kind of dismissive but these are just my thoughts 
And um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, I have more thoughts, and maybe we'll follow up in a second, but my home girl said to hit her up. So let's do our first guess, kind of, but we're, we're just going to talk to her on the phone, and, she'll, and she's trans, and she'll tell me how she feels. So let's get into it. Hello? You. What's up? It's J- it's not much. How you doing? Getting some work done. What's happening? Nothing. Just sitting here podcasting alone in my office. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah, I'm playing Call of Duty. If you want the truth. Oh, okay. We should get on some time and play. Let's do it, man. I'm just over here getting my ass busted. <laughs> man, I'm. I I used to be nice at the game. I I need practice. Same, same. I took a long break, and I've, I've realized that however long I've been taking a break, somebody has been getting their shit together. Oh, I mean, it's it's every twelve year old on the planet. I know, yeah, because I'm getting <laughs> shot in the face. I mean, they're disrespectful. <laughs> they're Ab- disrespectful. Absolutely, I I am recording, by the way. So you know, uh, I'll let me. You're 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 technically my first guest, kinda. <laughs> okay, where? <laughs> Look at you. No, I'm just kidding. I, I mean, I I get as many I can get as many viewers as and, and listeners as I can. Uh, but those of y'all who are listening and watching after I edit this. Uh, this is my homegirl, uh, comedian Pink Fox. I will, I'll leave her link in the description. I'll, you know, the Instagram or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I was just, I was, I just rambled about Squid Game because that was my first topic, and then, <laughs> and then I was like, I was looking into this Dave Chappelle stuff because obviously it's, I thought it was gonna like die down by now, but it's kind of escalated to another level. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you're a comic, so I guess my thought is, how, I guess, how does it, how does it feel to you? Because I, I absolutely look at it like it feels like Dave is a little out of touch. Yeah, we haven't really talked in a while, me and you. Um, if you did, you watch the closer. Yeah, no, I watched it. Yeah. Did you watch the whole thing, or did you cut it off after the content? No, 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 no. I watched it all the way through. Okay, so uh, I'm in it. Oh, were you? Yeah, I am. Oh, what point? Like at the at the very end when they're showing the pictures of Dave with the celebrities. Oh yeah, wait. Were you in the hallway in one of those shots? No, it was me, Dave, and Anderson Pac in Vegas. Oh wow! After party, yeah, at the MGM Grand. Oh, that's crazy. I got to pull that back up. I don't know how I didn't notice that the first time. I might have been talking over the credits. In the special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, but you know, I, you know what? I, uh, I, I've written, so I, I've, I've been in touch with my people because you know, as comedians, we have people, right? We're in Hollywood. We've got managers and agents and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and I wanted to release something kind of given my feelings on it. And, uh, and my people have kind of been on me about like, well, just get it out there. Let's get it out there. Um, you know, because I feel like, you know, not only am I a comedian, I try to advocate for my community as best as I can, but I am still a comic. Mm-hmm. Um, in that being, you know, with that being said, um, I'm all about jokes. I'm all about being able to take a joke. I'm all about being able to, to, to produce good material and just make people laugh, right? That's our goal is to make people laugh. And I think once we've made people cry, we haven't done the job correctly. True. And I don't know... Uh, I don't know if that was, 
I, you know what? I'm not going to say that because I've been trying to be safe lately. But I'll be honest. I do know. I don't think that was Dave's intention. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was Dave's intention. And I don't think he truly understood everything that he was saying was going to be taken the way that it's being taken. I think that he thought for sure someone will take offense. But I don't think that he, he felt as though it was going to rattle so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not apologizing for him, and I'm not any of that kind of shit. I'm just saying that, you know, to put out content is one thing, but to know how people are going to respond to it, you have to be a fucking uh, future, you know, whatever. What, what do they call when you can see the Psy- psychic or something? Yeah, you have to be you'd have to be a fucking psychic or something like that. And I just don't, I don't know if that was his intention. What I do think is that he was part of what I wrote without taking too much time because I don't know how much time we have on this thing. Um, uh, it's just me sitting in my office alone. It's not, I got all night. <laughs> like, I'm just, yeah, I, didn't, I, just, I didn't know if you wanted to have a three hour conversation or not because I can really go, I could dig deep um, or I could just keep it surface level. May, maybe not three hours because I got stuff to do in the morning, but I mean, you know, exactly. let me, just let me know, you know, just talk. Okay. It's all good. Okay, word, word, word. So, um, just as long as you know, please uh, keep my points whole and don't chop my points in half, but um, the one thing that I think that he kind of intended was for us to be having a conversation about race relations and, uh, and, and, and through the smoke of it all, we kind of got lost in his feelings towards white trans women and, and, uh, the LGBTQIA and people approaching him in public about his comedy. And it just kind of, it, it I mean, he, he set off a lot of grenades around the actual topic that that i think he was meaning to speak about Mm -hmm. um and it just kind of i don't know it it deterred away from his main point in my opinion and um i'm someone who's had to watch the special just to get my writing out like i said i got a whole um like six paragraph thing i'm working on right now that i'm trying to scale down to like three Mm -hmm. um uh, bullet points and everything and i and i i've been locked in my house probably for the last like three days i've watched Chappelle's entire catalog twice and i've watched the closer eight times Mm. because i just didn't want to misquote anything and i didn't want to um seem like i didn't know what i was talking about and you know the thing that i found is when i talk to people in the streets about it or when they ask me because jd you gotta imagine everybody's asking me Oh I mean, really? I'm, yeah, I'm the, I'm the I'm the one everybody knows. Yeah, I mean, know? yeah, true and that. I hope, and I hope that goes to show at least our circle that there's not a lot of us. No, I mean, I, I feel like I know maybe like two or three more who I catch at the comedy store every once in a while, but I only know them in passing. I don't even know them that well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so that that that's kind of the issue is that we have a perspective that a lot of people are assuming they understand and they just don't. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no way you could have, unless you're in this experience or you've truly done your research and the average person isn't doing their research. Mm-hmm. No, of course not. That, you know what I mean? I, I, we see a thing and then we make a judgment on the thing before we even know what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. And that's, human, that's human nature, I think. And, you know, should someone be penalized or, have their whole, you know, career taken away or whatever, which I don't think is going to happen. No, I just think that there's a conversation that needs to happen, uh, more of a direct conversation. 
And, you know, as far as intentions are concerned, he was really friendly. He was really nice to me. And he didn't just high and buy me when I saw him. He winged me. Like, he, he, they brought me backstage. I had passes and everything in Vegas. And mm-hmm. the friend Jeff Ross is opening for Dave, even now in London. And, uh, and, I, and I know a bunch of people in the, you know, in the circle and stuff because we're comics. And, you know, I'm sure we know the same people, J.D. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they got me the backstage. So I'm backstage in the Red Room and I'm seeing, like, the Roots and everybody. That, and I'm from Philly. So, like, well, technically I'm from South Jersey. I'm from Camden. But <laughs> being from Camden means you're also from Philly. So, you know, I've known the Roots since I was, like, 17, man. I, I mean, I met the Roots for the first time as far as, like, actually meeting them when I was 17. And so just being able to see these guys, not saying they remember who I am, but seeing them again in person and being able to like, it brought back a lot of uh, nostalgia for me and it was dope. And then lo and behold, there he is in the corner, the goat, Dave mm-hmm. Chappelle. You see? And uh, I walk over to him and I, I just wanted to thank him for the backstage passes. And uh, I walked over to him and I go, uh, I, I met him prior at the comedy store and I said, uh, Hey, Dave, I just want to let you know, you know, meeting you right now is equivalent to, to Richard Pryor pulling up here in the 70s, man. This is crazy. Like, hey, because his whole aura, you know what I mean, James? Yeah, like, you know, I've met him a few times. I know the feeling. Yeah, <laughs> he's got this crazy aura around him, man. And it just, it's like, damn, this is, that's Dave Chappelle. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's just, it's dope to me. Uh, that you know when I met him the first time he was just really friendly and so when I met him the second time I'm I made sure I said the exact same thing to him because I thought it would be funny and also I was trying to jog his memory so I go Dave I just want you to know this moment uh for a young comedian is equivalent to meeting Richard Pryor and he looked at me and he goes you're pink fox (laughs) great things about you and he shook my hand man and then he brought me into his circle of friends and family and and just started talking to me like mm-hmm. like, a, like a professor almost, like a teacher. You know what I mean? It was something. And I felt like a student because I was just trying to soak up everything I could from, I mean, aside from the content, you're looking at 15 plus years or 20 plus years of, of, of experience in our game. You know what I mean? Like you're looking at a guy oh, yeah. who's a certified veteran. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, the guy's been doing it since he was 15. He's 42, 43. So it's, it's just something that you just, you just want to feel his presence and, and to be embraced like that. And then the cameras came and then it just became a whole thing. And that's not the photo from, uh, the closer. That's just, I I didn't, I haven't seen any of those photos, but that's just like the moment that happened. And then Jeff walked in and then. Man, it just was dope. And then, uh, you know, I heard some of the material. I didn't hear all of the material that was recorded in the special. But as we were coming, because uh, I had floor seats, as we were coming into the backstage area, it's me, Jeff, and Dave walking side by side in a little, like, corridor, almost as, you know, athletes that just finished playing a game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, at the garden or something. And we're walking back, and, and Jeff looks at me and goes, so, Pink, what would you think? And I let him know what I thought, man. And I and I didn't I didn't hold anything back. And I told him, you know, from my perspective. And I don't want to say what I said, but you know, I told him how I felt about it, and and I, I didn't hate it. Um, and I just I was really hoping that what I said to him just just made him, you know, understand that 
we're we're truly listening to him because I was really sitting at that audience taking notes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, it wasn't just like a, it wasn't a whimsical thing. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't none of that. I wasn't like having a pretzel and none of that shit. I was like literally just tuned in to Dave. And um, and I think the only part of that material that I that I really heard was the story of his friend who committed suicide, the trans woman. Yeah. And and, and the other material, I don't know if it made it into the special. I don't think uh, it was the same material 100%. But that's what happens when you're recording a special. You know, you, you do a bunch of material on the road and you shave it down to, you know, whatever your, your favorite bits are. And uh, and I just told him, you know, and, and, and I felt heard and... You know, there was an embrace and then we, you know, we all kicked it and, and that's when everybody headed over to the after party and it was just a whole thing, man. And everybody performed and Anderson Park and Talib Kweli and we just all partied. It was only like, could have been more than a hundred of us. Mm-hmm. It was so super private. So um, that's one thing, you know, and then, you know, I watched the special and I'm listening to it and I'm like, oh, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> know what i mean like it's like watching a fight man i'm like whoa weave that one dave come on yeah you know but uh but but you know he 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 said some things that uh they could be taken very harshly and um you know for for comedians like like us man and especially road comic i'm I'm on tour right now with two different headliners you know and um getting to see the country for the first time is really dope but just Watching the way that the material was delivered, um, listening to the content, I heard a few contradictions. And mm. that, that's when I knew that there was going to be a problem. Mm. I was like, oh, shit. Like, when I watched it, my heart dropped a little bit, like, the first time. And then I watched it, the, you know, by the fifth time I watched it, I was like, no, he really said that. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean... But you know, my heart dropping is not a negative thing. Your heart drops when you hit the top of a of a roller coaster, right before it goes down, or or when you're about to lift off in an airplane. If you're scared of flying, like me, you know what I mean. I just I felt something though, and I knew other people were going to take it, however they take it. Because I heard a comedian say one time, I don't remember who said this. It might have been Bill Burr, but it was like, um. Whatever I'm saying on stage is what I'm saying, but it's once it goes into your mind, it's bouncing off of whatever trauma you had growing up and whatever you're living through mm-hmm. and coming out, having all of those experiences attached to it. And, you know, for a lot of trans folk, we do suffer a lot of the same uh, experiences as far as dealing with transphobia and dealing with people out in the world and just trying to live our most authentic lives. And, um, you know, for, for people that are just really trying to make it every day and survive and just be uh, as authentic as we can be and, and just live these, uh, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say we can't be critiqued, but it's like white people critiquing black people. That's what I was going to say. Sorry, you I don't I, I don't mean to cut you off. No, it's good. It, it feels like he's a little bit lost in translation. And a part of it feels like he's, I mean, you, you know, you spent personal time with him. I've hung, hung out with him maybe once or twice. It was great. But, <laughs> um, but I was going to say the way that he, you know, talks about 
you know, just all of his opinions and perspectives, it it felt kind of like he was putting the entire trans community on his friend in a way, almost like kind of like, huh? I I get what you're saying. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I feel like the, the, where the conversation took a left turn was the trans experience was whittled down to a white experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And many of us existing in many cultures from all over the world, dating back centuries, transgender is just a new word. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's like throw a new word on a thing that's been around for centuries. And all of a sudden it's a new thing to people or it's nuanced or it's profound. And it's not, yeah, this is a, experience has been around for a long fucking time and and so you know trying to trying to understand it in our modern culture with all of the uh overstimulation of everything coming at us really fast and and quickly can be frustrating at times for people uh, just to, to, to keep tabs with what's going on for instance i haven't watched one episode of squid game Mm-hmm. but you know the whole show <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I don't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm looking at memes. I'm listening to people talk about it, but I haven't watched it for myself. But and, but yeah, um, with that amount of information, you think you know enough to talk about it, but you really don't. You really, you really don't. And it's yeah. just that it's, I'm not. And you know what? The sucky thing is, there has to be certain things <clears throat> that we steer clear of uh, comedically. Hmm. And it's not because our perspective, there's something wrong with our perspective, but because there are people out there that are going to hear what you're saying and they're going to bounce it around in their mind. And then that's going to reflect, oh, okay, cool. I don't fuck with trans people because they're the enemy of black progress. Yeah. No, no, that's not even what he was saying. And now I'm dealing with more heat from from somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, when you have a when you have a, a platform like that, you just have to be careful. And I, I, I say that out of one breath, and then I say out of the next breath. As comedians, we should be able to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. I really believe that we should be able to say what we need to say to get the point across for the joke. But we need to decide if we're making social and political statements or if we're making people laugh. Yeah. Which one are we doing? Mm-hmm. And so also. Sorry, I was going to say, and yeah, also Dave being on that level of like, you know, uh, fame and platform, you know, it's it's similar to like uh, Rogan, you know, like anytime he says something that just randomly comes out of his head and he's like, I'm an idiot. Don't take everything I say seriously. Like, you know, (laughs) but at the same time, news or, you know, CNN will write about him and Fox. People will take something Rogan said. And let it bounce around in their mind. Mm-hmm. And now people are taking fucking horse dewormer or whatever the fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's just for sure. But you got to know your audience. You know what I mean? And and I know like I, I, when I get on stage, I talk about a bunch of things. You know, one of the first things I say when I get on stage, if not the first thing I say, I'm transgender. And if you can't tell them these pills are working, I'm getting my fucking money's worth. <laughs> that usually opens my crowd up to laugh. Mm-hmm. And it it kind of it kind of relaxes them in the beginning, or it makes them tense, but it jolts them enough to feel something, and then I hit them with the next punchline. Yeah, because it's a two punchline joke. 
one mm-hmm. setup, two punchline. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we're, it's like it, we really can liken stand-up comedy to boxing in that we're we're timing everything. Mm-hmm. We're trying to make sure that that haymaker hits at the correct time because if we miss, it leaves us open for a jab. And I think you know what happened with the Chappelle special was he kind of you know he wound up a, a, a decent haymaker and you know one of those one of those left them open to critique. And yeah. people kind of wail on wail on what they what they think he meant, or you know, if he actually felt that way. But it, I mean, the guy literally opened up with saying, "I'm not transphobic, and this is how I feel, and all of that kind of shit." But I just had a conversation the other day, man. I play poker every week, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know, I'm Pink Fox, and I do what the fuck I like. And I play poker one night, and then I put my makeup on and a dress and go salsa dance with my with my girls the next night, like. <laughs> I do whatever the fuck I want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we're talking and I, and my friend, you know, these, the guys at the table, everybody was, nobody was black, right? Yeah. Nobody's black and nobody's transgender for damn sure. I'm, I'm playing with straight white men. Mm-hmm. And um, a couple of my buddies are like Jewish. One of my buddies is Irish. Like, you know, but they're all, com- we're all comedians. Yeah. Um, I literally said, and you guys know the joke that's constantly made or the premise that's constantly made about niggas versus black people. Mm-hmm. Because I was watching, uh, I was watching Red Fox, and he goes, "Niggas are holding black people back." And then I was watching Chris Rock, and Chris Rock said, "Niggas are holding black people back." And then mm-hmm. I watched, I watched somebody else, I forget who it was, but they said the same thing, and I was like, "Damn, this has been repeated in a lot of comedy specials." Mm-hmm. But I don't know if anybody's really listening. Yeah, because every- I asked. Him, Go ahead. No, I was I was thinking everybody has their own interpretation of it. But what were you saying? Everyone has their own, and that's my point. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own interpretation of that. Eddie Griffin will get on stage and say, I am a nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he will. So you, so you got you got multiple people saying a multitude of things that could be taken a bunch of different ways. And I think the beauty of comedy is that, you know, it is an art form and people do have the opportunity to go in and just kind of perceive it as they like. But uh, where do we draw the line? Yeah. And I think that's yeah. the question right now. No, yeah, for sure. I also, just, you know, from observing his last few specials, I'm just like, from a comics perspective, I'm just like, man, this dude really likes talking about this. Like, not in a negative way, just like, oh, I thought he would have, like, you know, moved on to some other, I guess, social political commentary to mention in the you know in the in this newer one but it it feels like he always comes back to this topic ever since he got the netflix deal but i mean i don't know maybe it's because the the backlash or the first time he mentioned something kind of i don't know could be like maybe bothering him a little bit maybe he wants to prove a point i have no idea you want to hear a funny hormone joke from the 70s sure red fox said this joke right and now, mind you, you know, I'm Pink Fox, baby. My favorite comic is Red. Mm-hmm. I studied Red. That's my guy. Red said, a uh, woman went into the doctor. Said, doctor, I think you gave me the wrong hormone pills. Doctor said, I've been in my practice for 22 years. I've never given anybody the wrong hormone pills. That's impossible. She said, well, doctor, you gave me the wrong hormone pills. He said, what's going on? She said, I got hair growing everywhere. I got hair growing everywhere. Uh, doctor says, well, how far down is it growing? And the woman says, down to my dick, motherfucker. <laughs> that's funny 
That's it's Red Fox. That sounds about right. That's a trans joke from the seventies. Yeah, yeah, it's not new. Yeah. And now, mind you, he said she the whole time. Mm-hmm. He never misgendered her. She never looked like an idiot. You know what I mean? Like she was never she was never ridiculed in that joke like a stupid person. Yeah. So it's like you just have to. It's it's all in how you tell the joke. Mm-hmm. and the intent behind it and i just think that you know whatever the intent was from dave i think we were supposed to be having a conversation about race relations and the development of uh you know black people yeah and and, and how far we've come because we're black jd yeah you know what i mean before before i'm transgender i'm black mm-hmm. you know and 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 a lot of people have asked me that question, like, are you trans black first or are you black first? My question is, why do I have to choose? Mm. Why do I have to choose? And why why is this such a common question to me? And that's how I feel. Yeah. And that's what I and, and that's and, and generally uh in a nutshell, that's how I feel. Why do I have to choose? Mm-hmm. Why can't I feel like I'm going to be respected and loved in my community and not have to come up against violence <clears throat> or burdened with someone else's interpretation of my situation or my lifestyle or, or, or whatever I'm doing negatively when I'm not hurting anyone. I'm just being myself. And on top of that, and I'm not talking about Dave right now, I'm having a much broader conversation. Mm-hmm. Why is it that when, uh, our community speaks of LGBTQIA matters. It's almost as if it's spoken of like we have a choice. Like we're not really these people. Mm-hmm. I'm so curious as to when people started thinking you could break people out of being LGBTQI or A. Yeah. People are people. You are who you are. And why would you want to break someone out of anything? You know who broke people? Slave masters. Yeah, I think that's the part that throws me so much when I watch him tell some of these jokes. I'm like, you you do know that like the people like your people dealt with this. Now you're kind of like publicizing it. It's weird in certain scenarios. I'm like, I'm like, are you just trying to compare struggles or it feels like there's a bit of resentment or something? Well, he he states that he, there's a jealousy. Yeah, yeah. Because look at how well this movement is doing. You know, mm-hmm. the thing that, and the thing that I wrote, and I call it a thing because I don't know whether or not to call it an essay. Um, literally, I say, he states that he's jealous of the progress that the LGBTQIA has made in comparison to, and I don't even know what to call our movement. Is it civil rights? I don't know. You mean black? Are you talking about the black movement? The black movement is to, you know, uh, not get shot for just being this color and all that other stuff and to have all those marches. But then, you know, one year later, everything goes right back to normal. You know, what's crazy when at first uh, when 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 the thing happened, um, when we started having marches in L.A. and, and it just it was all over news and the police riots and stuff. I was at some of those marches. But I only went to two of them. And one of my friends, who's also a comedian, kept trying to get me to go. Come on, Fox. Come on, Fox. Come on, Fox. I'm like, yo, listen. If I get hit with some tear gas or any of that kind of shit, if I get arrested, it's different for me, son. I'm transgender. Like, 
but the cops going to have a field day with me. Mm-hmm. Which prison am I going to? Which holding cells? When do they find out I'm trans and I'm out there protesting and y'all are screaming, you know, after police and shit like that. I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel, especially when in my own community, I'm being called a tranny and I'm not really a woman. And my, my experience is not accepted as the experience of a black transgender woman. But then when one of ours gets killed, I have to what? Put a t-shirt on and go march in the street? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? With the same people yeah, who it's... don't respect me as a trans woman. I mean, it's a, it's the same thing as like when George Floyd died. I remember or got murdered. Excuse me. Like, that's what, huh? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah, about no, even like like I like my thing is the people who are, I mean, a lot of the people who advocate or advocated for him. Of course, there were a lot of black people, but it was like a lot of people who have the privilege to know that like, oh, nothing's going to happen to me out there. <laughs> and yeah. you're, and you're looking at them like, well, I'm afraid to go outside at night now. So, no, talk about it. Just, I mean, there was really, I remember going to some of them protests, man, where it'd be like a mm-hmm. white women. And I remember there was this one white lady on a bike. And I forget what I was doing. I think I was, we were driving behind the march, making sure that no cars crossed the, crossed the lines and shit. So I had my car out there, making sure none of the uh, marchers got hit. And I think I was playing my music too loud or, or whatever happened as I was playing like Nipsey or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, this white lady tapped on my window and she was with us and she was just like, try to tell me to do something. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you giving me directions right now, lady? Back up. <laughs> this is not. Cause, <laughs> cause mine and mine and mine and they business is never something they can do. It was just weird to me. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? And I want to clarify, like I said earlier, I've gone out there. I've marched with my people. Police brutality is 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 a huge issue that plagues our country. That's been plaguing our country for a really long time. I grew up being an avid listener of Malcolm X, um, and and writing all of my biographies in school on on Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, and just really engulfing myself in the civil rights movement. I learned about uh, the civil rights movement when I lived in Raleigh, North Carolina. Because that's where that's the age I was in 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 the grade they were teaching it in, right? Mm-hmm. But it was but it was this uh, older white female teacher who also was racist. Mm. Teaching so, civil rights. Yes, of course. So, <laughs> we were giving her version out yeah. of the book that was super outdated, and she was letting like all the white kids read the N word, and then. Yeah, uh, uh, that reminds me of high school. God damn it! It was so bad, man. But, and then, yeah, you know, when you have a problem with it, you're a problem. You're yeah, speaking, you're 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 disrupting class. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, no, I just don't want to get called a nigger from Joshua over here. <laughs> I had a teacher. I had a teacher who would who would say it when he was teaching history. I was like, hey, bro, we cool. What you doing? Yeah, Mister 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 Weatherspoon, can you please? Uh, can you not speak? Like, no. What are you doing, bro? What are you doing right now? You're making the rest of these kids think this is fine. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, no, I get I it. Was, the year we moved around, it was my mother and I. She was fresh out of divorce. And uh, they had a Klan rally on Main Street that very year. That's crazy. And when we got there, we just looked at each other and said, where the hell are we? <laughs> <laughs> 
was so crazy, man. I was like, this is wild. So, you know, I, I love my people. I just, I wish there wasn't such a miscommunication among my people and my other people. And, and that's usually how it is. It's always a miscommunication of everybody who's below just fighting each other for no reason. And, exactly. And then, you know, everybody up top is just laughing, just like, <laughs> look at them go. So, yeah, 100%. I agree with that. And, uh, you know, to, to kind of cap off what I'm saying, there's always been like an unspoken uncomfortability between the majority of black men and the idea of what it means to be a transgender woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, at any barbershop you go in, if you brought this up as a topic, you hear some raucous shit. And I just feel like my perspective as not only a trans woman, but as, as a uh, lesbian, I really show guys like, bro, listen, I'm living my experience, but I'm not doing this to fuck men i'm not doing this for some type of uh, attraction to you all sexuality and gender identity are two different things and until you understand that we're never going to be on the same page and mm-hmm. i think a lot of guys in comedy take to me because i'm able to articulate that so well and you know i i, I could only hope that someone would look at my um my perspective and think to themselves here's a trans woman who dates women and not there's a guy in a dress who still dates women or or any of that kind of shit because the love between two women is completely different than a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. The relationship between two women is completely different than a man and a woman. Even the sex, even if you're penetrating, that one is penetrating the other, it is a completely different experience. And so we're just so quick to group things and to simplify them in ways that work for our minds. Mm-hmm. It allow the thing to be what it is and to exist in its own definition of what it is. And I don't know if we're too afraid to ask or if we're just getting one perspective and we're okay with that. But like I said, there aren't many of us that a lot of people know, and that's probably part of the issue. And, you know, in regard to the, the March and the Netflix walkout, um, one of the, th- one of the signs that I saw on one of the points, cause I was, I was literally just watching that on YouTube a second ago cause I didn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I was busy, I had something to do. But what what happened, one of the things I saw was, um, let's amplify transgender voices. And I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't think that um, there needs to be a silencing as much as there needs to be an amplification of the opposing or the, the, the team that's being discussed so heavily. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about us? Let us defend ourselves. Put more of us out there so that we can give perspective. I yeah. Think that's the only way to truly uh, have it feel balanced. Otherwise, people are going to feel stepped on. No, for sure. I mean, and the funny thing is, this is like a conversation that we only had, what, a, a year ago about elevating black voices? It's like. <laughs> yeah. It's like y'all, you know, we, you know, like I shoot, I auditioned for some for a bunch of roles that white people white people drop because they, you know, technically, you know, not that it was racist, but it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, do you think you should be playing this character? And they were like, oh, morally, 
no, not anymore. I got all yeah. the mil- I got all the money out of it that I could. So I'll let it. I'll let y'all have it now. <laughs> oh, you gotta see this cartoon I'm working on, man. I'm working on this cartoon where everybody is just a different shade of like brown. Mm-hmm. And and but it's being voiced by all nationalities of people. That's cool. So there'll be like a, a dark brown character being voiced by a white man. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a, a light brown character being voiced by someone from India with a heavy accent, mm. or you know what I mean? Like I just I I want, I, and obviously people in India are brown folk, but I'm just saying like I just I don't want people to be able to tell who's what. I want everyone kind of ambiguous. Yeah. And and you know everybody's got like it's just it's it's crazy the way I've got it, and I, you know I want to run it past you because. I'd love for you to be one of the voices on this thing. I think I told you about this a while ago. Yeah, I think we talked about it uh, at a comedy show. But you know me. Yeah. Keep me in the loop. I'm always open to it. But again, I appreciate you uh, even picking up. Are you on the road right now or are you in town? Uh, I am in L.A. for the mall. Okay, I'm cool. Um, I, I was, for, Sorry about that. What were you saying? No, my bad. No, I was just going to drop my tour uh, dates. So I leave for uh, Phoenix. I'm in Phoenix the 28th and the 29th. Uh, I'm on D-Ray Davis's uh, Here to Help tour. It's going to be me, uh, D-Ray, and comedian Matt Rife, mm. and uh, it's a really fun tour, man. We're we're helping comic, uh, we're 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 helping couples. We're bringing them on stage. It's a uh, comedic couples counseling. <laughs> it's a really dope concept that D-Ray came up with, and I'm just really happy to be a part of it. And then November 5th and 6th, I'll be at State Theater uh, November 5th with Pat Oswalt opening for him, nice. and then uh, and then November 6th. Uh, Pat and I will be in Detroit at the Fillmore, so so look out for that. And um, and thanks for hitting me up, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. I mean, I, I'm glad you answer. I'm glad you're open to this. And yeah, everybody, go check out uh, my homegirl Pink Fox. Everybody, uh, very hilarious comedian. And have fun on tour. And also, I think that's hilarious. You're on a, sh- a dating uh, or couples comedy counseling with D-Ray of all people. It makes me laugh. <laughs> And we make everybody laugh. <laughs> we get in there and we just we 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 do our sets, and then at nice. the end we bring these couples up and they talk about their problems, and we give our our uh, our opinions uh, yeah. and just comedic, just comedically, you know, making light of whatever the situation is, and just encouraging everybody to love one another. And you know, the forethought of these really uh super well-known comics like Patton and d to even have somebody like me with them traveling around especially mm-hmm. in a climate like this where my people are, are and i do say my people because I, I i do believe that the lgbtqia is it has its own culture mm-hmm. it's developed its own culture and so with that i do i, I do consider all trans people my people all gays lesbians everybody my people um, you know, I, I really just, I really do intersex everyone. Um, and so for him to have somebody like me with him like that and the, to, to help kind of get my voice out there to everyone and, and, and my experience, I'm just super grateful. And I, and, and I'm just super, uh, I just, I feel so fortunate to be able to share the stage with some of these monstrous comedians that have been out for so long. So it's, uh, it's pretty dope. And I hope that, you know, if you're out there, you're listening that, You'll you'll take the time to come to the shows or tune in to whatever content you see um, with my name on it and and just you know I, I'm trying to I don't want to be a teacher because I feel like teachers become frustrated when the material is not being uh, 
taken the way they want it to be taken. But I, I aim to be a counselor, a comedic counselor in all aspects, and that I want to learn my audience. And I just want to give you these laughs from a genuine place where you can truly understand just one more perspective that you've probably never heard before. So, JD, thanks again, man. And I wish you all the best as well. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Keep killing it. Proud of you. And uh, hey, yeah, anytime. I'll talk to you soon. All right. All right. For sure. All yeah. right. Later. All right, everybody. So that was a very, I think, progressive, interesting, well put together. And uh, the dialogue was great. Shout out to my homegirl uh, comedian, Pink Fox. I will have her links in the description below. If, if any of you are anywhere near uh, those locations for her tour dates, pull up, go support, enjoy it. And yeah, there you go different perspectives on all this stuff that's going on in the world. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I think this was actually probably one of the best episodes. <laughs> like accidentally, I just was like, let me call, let me call my homegirl who's transgender. Um, so let me know what you thought. Drop some comments down below. I do appreciate it. And I will have these out more often. I apologize for that. All right. With that, I appreciate you. Thanks again for watching JD radio and listening to JD radio. Thank you for listening. And I will catch you all on the next one. I'm out. Peace. All right, everyone, that has been a new episode of JD Radio, and I got to be honest, it might be the best one. It might be the best one that we've heard so far. That was a very, that was a very deep, that was interesting. I hope you all took something from that. I hope you all learned something today. I know I did. I know I personally did. And with that, uh, again, a big shout out to my homegirl, uh, excuse me, comedian, Pink Fox. Be sure to go follow her on her socials. I'll have them listed in the uh, show notes and also on the YouTube video. If you haven't already watched this on YouTube, if you like watching this with your eye holes, I just stole that from Sarah Silverman. She does that on every episode of her podcast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, feel free to check it out. Rate, review, subscribe on all platforms. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if you could leave a written review on Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate it. Maybe just tell me how you're enjoying the show even though we've been gone for two months i will be back next week i promise you with that being said thank you all for listening and good day friends good day <laughs>